WFLF Pine Hills, Orlando, WMGF HD3 Mount Dora, Orlando, and W226BT Orlando. News Radio 93.1 WFLA and iHeart Radio Station. Good morning, Orlando. Good Thursday morning to you. So glad you dropped by here at the top of the 6 o'clock hour for our first look at Orlando's news, weather, and traffic. Here and now for you on News Radio 93.1 WFLA FM, AM 540, and the iHeartRadio app. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this hour the mayor versus the neighbor. Details in one minute. We'll be talking about that later, but first up, the president's about to unveil his new immigration plan. I've got a preview. We'll talk about it next on Good Morning Orlando. A woman in Oviedo says the city's mayor, who lives a few doors down from her, is getting special treatment from police after she claims he threatened to kill her and her husband. Jennifer Bain tells our news partner Fox 35 that she filed a report against Mayor Dominic Persampierre and might take further action. I don't know why he's threatening to kill me. I'm actually kind of scared. I'm going to have to file a restraining order because this man now is posting things on social media about my dog and how much of my threat my dog is. Um, how much of a threat we are. Bain also gave police video of the mayor standing across the street from their home yelling those threats, which apparently stemmed from an HOA dispute involving his daughter, but no charges have been filed against Persampierre. Yeah, and uh, in the 8 o'clock hour, we will play the audio, all right, from the mayor. He admits he could have chosen his words better. <laughs> Just um, a bit. <laughs> no charges. He's up for re-election. Will the voters make him pay a price for this? Well, I can find no case anywhere in the country where an elected official threatened the lives of constituents. So this is perhaps unique or close to it. It's our big talker at 8 o'clock, Alan. All right, bud. This news brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. SpaceX will try again tonight to launch a Falcon 9 rocket packed with 60 communication satellites. Last night's liftoff was postponed because of upper-level winds at Cape Canaveral. President Trump set to unveil his immigration policy in public remarks today. Senior administration officials say the White House immigration plan will focus on two main points, border security and merit-based immigration with the goal of attracting and retaining the best and brightest immigrants to America. President Trump also laid out two additional priorities while addressing hundreds of police officers. To end deadly sanctuary cities to stop the visa lottery program. The White House does not yet have the support of congressional Democrats on their plan, which does not address the issue of DACA recipients, which for many Democrats makes the president's proposal a non-starter. At the White House, John Decker, Fox News. We don't know everything about this plan. That'll be revealed in the Rose Garden with the president later on, but I have a preview of what we do know and uh, what I like and what I don't like in what I see. And we'll get into it here shortly, Alan. Alabama Governor Kay Ivey has signed the nation's strictest abortion ban into law. The measure outlaws nearly all abortions except in cases where the mother's life is in danger. Yeah, hot topic for us yesterday morning. She had six days to sign it. She didn't wait very long at all, and a furor, as predicted, has erupted. 
from the pro-choice side of the issue. Our governor has just signed a tax bill, and that means Floridians can save money on hurricane supplies during a sales tax holiday that begins May 31st. With obviously the hurricanes having been an issue in Florida for a while now, this is a very important holiday, one we hope that uh, consumers will take advantage of. Anything from tarps to batteries to radios, anything that you would need both during and after a hurricane specifically, but any kind of disaster really. James Miller with the Florida Retail Federation. In less than one hour from now, the best golfers in the world will hit the links in the PGA Championship on New York's Long Island. Beth Page Black has hosted two U.S. Opens and now will play host to the 101st edition of the PGA Championship. As the major moves up in the calendar this year before the U.S. Open and the Open Championship, Brooks Kepka enters the reigning champ of this tournament, looking for a repeat when he tees off shortly before 8.30 a.m. Eastern. Joined by Francesco Molinari and, of course, Tiger Woods, who won a U.S. Open in 2002 at Beth Page Black, 2017 champ. Justin Thomas is sitting out this one with a wrist injury. The first threesome set to tee off on Long Island at 6.45 a.m. Eastern Time. Matt Napolitano, Fox News. WFLA News Time is 6.06. The owners of Maximum Security file a lawsuit over their horse's Kentucky Derby disqualification. That story's online at WFLAOrlando.com. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at WFLA Orlando. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. TM Orlando, weekdays 5 to 6 p.m. News Radio 93.1. Yeah, that show's hosted by Yaffe for your ride home. And he's right through the glass in the control room as our executive producer here. And um, from 6 until 9, he's the guy who holds it all together. A show with a million moving parts. Mr. Multitasker, Yaffe, good morning to you. Well, I try. Sometimes things get awry, but that's okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well it's thing, not my fault. Things are beyond your control. For instance, myself, Melissa, <laughs> Bud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Speaking of Melissa, a.k.a. the Fox, she'll be taking your phone calls this morning. First of all, on the Trump immigration plan, um, Alan set the table as he does so beautifully for some of our talk topics. And uh, we'll get into what I know about this in addition to what you have heard and see what you think of this plan. Um, there are things I really like, things that are very conspicuously missing, and I agree with the assessment in that report. This is going nowhere with a Democrat-controlled House. But I think this may be more about establishing a platform on this issue that the president will run hard on in 2020. So... All of that and more is directly ahead. We are glad you're with us. Phone number, by the way, is 407-916-5400. Toll free, 866-916-5400. Text line always open, 23680. Standard message and data rate supply. The president has a plan. We have a plan to give you money. It's our texting contest called Make Your Wallet Great Again, a chance for you to win $1,000. All you have to do is listen for the key word of the hour. The first one of the day will be announced in seconds. Text it to key uh, that keyword to 200-200. If you are a winner, you'll get a notification call from area code 513. Listen all day long for the keyword to text to win $1,000 and make your wallet great again. And we're just two minutes away from an update of Orlando's news, weather, and traffic on Good Morning Orlando. It's 608. Headlines right now, the number of Democratic candidates for president is reaching two dozen. New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio expected to join the very crowded field when he officially announces he's running 
on Good Morning America on ABC this morning. Updates at least every 10 minutes in our top stories on Good Morning Orlando. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at WFLA Orlando. It's getting crowded on the left, Yaffe. De Blasio is way out there. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, um, crowded is an understatement. Man, oh man, standing room only <laughs> on the <laughs> left wing of the Democrat Party. The more, the merrier. And it. the more unelectable. Okay, here we go. Now, let's get back to the president's immigration plan that was really fashioned, it is reported, basically by his son-in-law, Jared Kushner. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll see what the president has to say. It's going to have the president's stamp on it, but this is basically, it appears to be, at least in its origins, a Kushner um, a product. Um, how bad is the situation on the border before we get into what is in and what is not in this immigration plan that we will hear from the president later on today? Um, how bad is it down there? Turns out our city, Orlando, a city of the actual city of somewhat more than 200,000 people, got a mention on special report with Brett Baer, the signature newscast at 6 o'clock on Fox as he brought in live Obama's old Homeland Security Secretary Jay Johnson, who took a lot of flack from fellow Democrats recently when he said, we really do have a crisis on the border. How bad is it with unchecked immigration right now? Here is Secretary Johnson. We had 100,000 apprehensions or encounters in the month of March and another 100,000 in the month of April. That is the equivalent of the population of the city of Orlando, Florida, showing up on our southern border in the course of two months. That creates uh, a crisis. Boy, does it ever. And um, very interesting that our city, of all the cities in the country, uh, was used for that comment. And that really gives you some perspective on just how bad this situation yeah, is, Yeah, I was Mike. about to say, we all know how crowded Orlando is getting. So that is some really good perspective from him. A whole city of Orlando coming across the border every two months. I don't know what this plan of the president's as we know it now, and there may be more that we don't know, uh, will do, frankly, to stop that. Um, it, 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 it doesn't emphasize things like the wall. I'm not even sure that's going to get mentioned. It talked about, you know, more security at the border, um, uh, you know, more, more, uh, more people from the Border Patrol at points of entry and to stop people or, or to collect them in between points of entry. They're going to streamline and expedite the asylum process. Those laws need to be changed. We don't have specifics. We'll await that from the president. Um, according to uh, what reporters have been shown, this plan would enable prompt removal of illegal border crossers and eliminate magnets for illegal immigration, but exactly how that happens, I don't know. Conspicuously, what it won't touch, I don't see anything on the wall. It's almost like the president is at least for now given up on on that, except for what he is able to do by executive order and moving money around, and some wall is now being built with that money. Um, uh, it's not going to touch the issues that the Democrats really care about, you know, like DACA, like the Dreamers, and what to do with them and what to do with the 11 to 22 million people here illegally. The Democrats want a path to citizenship. No indication that that is going to be discussed by the president. 
but I would hope that it will be. I don't think this legislation is going anywhere based on what we know, but here is something because of the House controlled by Democrats who are doing anything to deny Trump a victory on an issue, even if it's an important issue that should cross party lines, the Democrats won't allow it uh, as they control the House. The one thing I really like on this is going to a merit-based immigration system. And, um, and, and this is terrific as far as I can see, and I want to hear more about it here. Let me give you what we know. Um, employment and skilled based visas under this plan would make up instead of just 12% of the green cards issued to the tune of 1.1 million a year. And that number would stay the same all the way to 57%. So we would emphasize allowing in foreigners with extraordinary talents, professional or specialized workers and exceptional students would be the target for the new high skill visa process. I think that's terrific. And here's what would be required under the Trump plan. After passing a civics test, visa applicants would be awarded points based on their age, English proficiency, educational attainment, whether they had an offer of employment in the U.S., and how much that job would pay. Trump administration will claim that the system would result in an increase in half a trillion dollars in tax revenues annually by 2029 due to more immigrants who are likely to be employed in well-paid jobs not be on welfare and be contributing to this society as taxpayers. So I like the merit-based here, and apparently that's going to be one of the big um, points of focus today. But what's not in it? I don't see anything on the wall. I don't see anything on the future of all those who are here illegally right now. Um, And there we are. So that's what I know. What do you think? 407-916-5400. What do you want to hear from the president today? What's important to you? What do you like? What don't you like? Based on what I have on the president's plan to be revealed in a Rose Garden speech, we are told today. 407-916-5400 or text us at 23680, knowing standard message and data rate supply. We'll get the gang in on this here in just a moment, but I'd really like to hear from you. This has been a hot-button issue for this audience for a long time. I know it is early, but what is it you want the president to do here? I think he's outlining something that that he's going to run on in 2020. He's not outlining anything that's going to get by the House of Representatives the way it is controlled by the Democrats, okay? I think that that's the reality. 407-916-5400, text line 23680. You like what you hear or not? Let's talk. And we will right after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here in two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. Kind of Florida headline right now of some concern. It seems early for this, but the news is there are new signs of red tide in the Gulf. The Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission saying traces of the red tide were found this week in a sample taken from Sarasota Bay. No fish kills have been reported. Updates at least every 10 minutes for you on our top stories on Good Morning Orlando. iHeartRadio is the easy-to-use app for music and radio. Download the free iHeartRadio app today. Interesting, Yaffe. And all fair, you raised, I think, a very good point that may have validity. Um, normally, we can light up every phone line and the text line all day long when we talk about 
dealing with illegal immigration. We had a soundbite that was compelling put in perspective by the former Homeland Security Secretary Jay Johnson under the Obama regime, uh, you know, who has said we have a crisis on the border is the first, you know, the first Democrat uh, to really come out. And he took some flack, but he's absolutely right. And he said, we have the equivalent of the population of Orlando, Florida, coming across the border unchecked every two months right now. President's coming up with his new immigration plan today and on the phones anyway, crickets so far. Yeah, and I think it's because a lot of people are discouraged because they know this isn't going to pass Congress. And this isn't the first time Trump has talked about a merit-based immigration plan. But then it just, the media tries to, they make it outrageous and everything, and they react to it, and then it just dies. They know Congress won't do anything. I think what he wants to do is he wants to run on it in 2020 and said, here's what I've tried to do, here's what I want to do, here's where I'm getting resistance from the Democrats. Now, who would not favor going to a merit-based system to bring the brightest and the best in from around the world ahead of everybody else. How in the world can you say that is not a good thing? Well, the left will find a way <laughs> to say it's not a good thing. That will definitely happen. Yeah. Uh, we have a texter who is up and at him early this morning. Interesting comment here if you want to share it, Melissa. I would love to. Goes on to say, in my perfect world, you plug the hole in the dam first, build the wall. However, if you can't get that done, then reforming immigration and coming at it from another side first is at least getting something done. It reminds me of the saying, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? It doesn't say which bite you have to have first. <laughs> Never had an elephant. Never well, I, I, I think we're taking a nibble here with yeah. from what we know. <laughs> and again, this... Immigration plan from Jared Kushner, green-lighted and, and, you know, approved by the president, or he wouldn't be speaking today and saying what he's saying, um, uh, was shared with Republicans, apparently, at a luncheon on Tuesday. And now information has been shared in advance with reporters and kind of given you the highlights. But I, I think I wonder, you know, if those of you who normally would react to uh, an illegal immigration uh, issue and, and the speech here, are you just simply discouraged? Have you just uh, resigned to affect it with the Democrats in control of the House, at least for now, uh, that we're not going to get the big stuff done? Yeah, which is really sad because when you talk about the current crisis at the border, it does exist. And even Lindsey Graham a few days ago put out his own plan to at least fix that current problem. Right. Most of it's pretty reasonable, and the Democrats are still not yeah. going to go for it. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Um, it, it, it's kind of sucked the uh, sucked the life out of our uh, of a lot of our folks who are red hot on this issue, you know. And I and I think I think it's just a you know kind of a benign resignation to the uh, political realities yeah. we face that elections have consequences, and when the Democrats got a hold of the House, you know, well. Oh, speaking of that, did you did you hear what Attorney General Bill Barr did? Um, the president is speaking at the Peace Officers Memorial uh, Service that they do every year for fallen law enforcement officers. And Attorney General Bill Barr was there, and so was House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Did you see what is reported yeah, here? <laughs> this is great. According to multiple reporters, Bill Barr, remember, you know, been accused by Pelosi of lying to Congress here. You know, and some Democrats have been calling for Barr to be jailed. You know, that guy's got to be locked up. And Bill Barr is just a cool, calm customer, you know, and has a nice smile for everybody. 
and he reportedly walks up to Pelosi following the National Peace Officers Memorial Service in Washington, shakes her hand and asks, Madam Speaker, did you bring your handcuffs? (laughs) (laughs) Pelosi Pelosi reportedly smiled and said the House Sergeant of Arms was present and if an arrest was necessary, to which Barr laughed and walked away. The guy is just cool as they come. Good morning, Orlando. Great to have you with us on a Thursday morning at the bottom of the hour. Alan now going to get you up to date on the news, uh, beginning with a story we're going to be talking about here in about 10 minutes. First, it was the governor, bud. Now, Florida lawmakers are getting an opportunity today to ask questions about the Russian hacking of two counties in the 2016 election. Members of the Florida congressional delegation have been invited to attend today's classified FBI briefing. Governor Ron DeSantis has already been filled in on what he calls the intrusion into two supervisor of elections networks. This was something, you know, where they had a spear phishing. Uh, Someone clicked on it, so someone was able to get access to things, but nothing that affected the vote count. He stresses the FBI only met with him after he requested the information unveiled in the Mueller report and agreed to sign a non-disclosure agreement promising not to identify the counties affected. Eric Rodriguez, News Radio 93.1 WFLA. My question now being posed by others... Shouldn't we, the people, know which counties those two in Florida were hacked? This news brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Continuing on the subject of elections, today in Tampa, Florida Democrats and their former candidate for governor roll out a voter registration drive. Andrew Gillum and his nonprofit group Forward Florida Action are joining with the Florida Democratic Party with the goal of signing up 200,000 new voters for the 2020 primary. He's making the announcement at a midday news event on the University of South Florida campus in Tampa. Political analysts say the Democrats' edge in Florida voter registrations has dropped by 400,000 voters over the past 10 years. Gordon Bird, News Radio 93.1 WFLA. An official at a school in Lake County is accused of having an inappropriate relationship with a student. Montverde Academy announcing that Dean of Students Jerry Matos was fired this week after the relationship with the girl came to light. The 29 year old Matos denied the relationship and no criminal charges have been filed. Matos is a Montverde alum and has been working at the school for a decade. More Floridians are planning to travel over the Memorial Day weekend this year than they did last year. AAA says an almost 4% increase is expected. Most will drive to their destinations thanks to lower gas prices. The most popular destination in the United States? Orlando. And can you stand one more election story? Okay, just one. I know you're excited because the election is only a year and a half away, bud. New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio just announced he is running for president, and New Yorkers have mixed reactions. He has no chance. There's no chance. Uh, The people in New York definitely don't like him. I certainly didn't vote for him. That's awesome. I think he's been a great mayor, and he has my vote. An announcement came through a YouTube video, and he'll appear later on Good Morning America. de Blasio's been mulling over whether to run for some time now and has spent a number of weekends at early primary states. He would join a crowded field of Democrats eyeing the White House in 2020. Yeah, about 24 of them right now with de Blasio. Wow. And and counting, I think. I think you're right. WFLA News time is 636. Be listening just after the top of the hour for your next chance to make your wallet great again. When we announce the keyword of the hour, text it to 200-200. You could win $1,000. 
Central Florida headline for you right now. A husband's startling discovery credited with uncovering a scheme to rob a Lake County Little League. 41-year-old Leah Drew of Claremont was arrested this week for grand theft after allegedly stealing almost $14,000 from South Lake Little League. She used to be the organization's secretary. Investigators say Drew's husband told the organization last year he found out his wife had a prescription drug problem and was using the league's funds to support her addiction. Updates at least every 10 minutes on our top stories here in Good Morning Orlando. Dave Ramsey, weekdays 3 till 5 p.m. News Radio 93.1. First thing that's bugging the Bud Man right now is an issue raised by um, attorney Alan Dershowitz and Harvard graduate. Um, he says he has just witnessed the most severe violation of academic freedom he may have witnessed in his 55-year association with Harvard. His opinion piece headline for Fox, McCarthyism comes to Harvard, why this should alarm us all. And he, and he recalls the way things were under the McCarthy era. Um, the late Senator Joseph McCarthy um, you know, and, and, and everybody being accused of being communists and careers were ruined, etc., all back in the, in the 50s. And he notes, Dershowitz, when I was a college student, lawyers who represented communists would be fired from academic positions just because they represented communists. Now Harvard, he says, joins this hall of shame by firing Professor Ron Sullivan and his wife Stephanie Robinson from their positions as co-deans of Winthrop Hall, which is a residence hall that houses about 400 undergrads at Harvard. Why? Because Sullivan decided to represent a man accused of rape. That man happens to be Harvey Weinstein, okay? Um, the, the, the producer, uh, you know, who, who, well, we know the whole Harvey Weinstein story here. And he says, you know, the argument, the most common argument for why the university fired these two people in good standing, um, Ron Sullivan and his wife, Stephanie, because students felt unsafe around a lawyer who is representing Weinstein because Weinstein is accused of all kinds of sexual crimes, rape, etc., and he says, feeling unsafe is the new mantra for the new McCarthyism. And any student who feels unsafe in the presence of two distinguished lawyers doesn't belong at the university, that they should leave and not force the firing of the professor. This unsafe argument could be made against a dean who is gay, black, Muslim, Jewish, Republican, libertarian. And it is, I think Dershowitz raises a, a great point, Yaffe, Kind of the new McCarthyism, where people can be taken out from any association with somebody who might make others feel offended or unsafe wherever they are. Yeah, and it's really disturbing because this is just a case of a lawyer representing a client, which Harvard's a law school. That's, you know... That's law 101 that they should be able to be represented. You tell those the... students, suck it up handle it or get the heck out and go somewhere else and they didn't do it they folded like a like a house of cards but i feel unsafe now should i leave 
I just okay. don't understand these people. Well, Yaffe is pretty terrifying to sit next to, <laughs> as you can tell. Look, first of all, that Mr. Sullivan, he needs to file a serious wrongful, uh, you know, wrongful firing. Um, and second of all, this sounds more like Mao than it does Marxism. You know, that, that, that whole come in and just annihilate everything. It's uh, crushing free speech, and it's just ridiculous. Well, if you're talking about the communist Chinese dictator, yes. Mao, you know, Mao. Yeah, mm-hmm. rock-solid uh, communist, it, it does. It, it, it's very much like that, and, uh, and he's right. Uh, this is alarming, and that's what's bugging the Bud Man. Is it bugging you? Let us know, 407-916-5400, text line 23680, where standard message and data rates apply. Yaffe, anything more on that? No, I mean, I just agree with them 100% yeah. on this. I, yeah. It sets a bad precedent. Yeah, it really does. Here's the other thing. DeSantis can't tell us who or what counties, these two counties, were hacked by the Russians. The election systems here, we've talked about it here. I've been raising the issue all week. Now he's under pressure, under pressure to get that information for the public, and I think we should have it. And I don't think the FBI should be keeping it secret. Do you? We have a right to know. If we've got weak election systems that the Russians targeted and were able to hack to a degree... Don't we, the people, the voters, need to know that? The answer to the question is yes. More in a moment after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. This international headline and a story we've been following closely for you. U.S. officials reportedly believe Iran encouraged Sunday's attacks on four oil tankers in the Persian Gulf, two Saudi tankers, a Norwegian tanker, and a United Arab Emirates fuel barge were sabotaged by militants in the Straits of Hormuz, the most narrow part of the Persian Gulf. A government source telling Reuters that the U.S. does not have direct evidence that Iranian personnel were involved, but American security experts believe Iran gave its blessing to the attacks. Updates at least every 10 minutes in the top stories on Good Morning Orlando. From News Radio 93.1, this is Good Morning Orlando. Good morning. Great to have you with us on the 50,000-watt front porch. If you've been with us the last couple of mornings, you've heard me raise the question of why should we, the people, the voters, not be given the information as to which two Florida counties the Russians were able to hack into their, their voting systems in the 2016 elections. It's being kept secret from us. Governor Ron DeSantis says he had to sign a non-disclosure agreement Uh, or the FBI wouldn't give him the information that he now has about that, so he can't, as much as he'd like to, reveal it to us. We're getting all of these assurances, well, vote counts weren't affected in any way, didn't it? You know, we're getting all, we hear that all the time, right? Oh, we don't want to spook the voters, don't want to spook the people here. Um, So just tell them everything is just fine. Well, let us decide for ourselves. That information needs to be out there. Is there anyone who can tell me a good reason why that information should not be made available to we, the people, the voters here. I mean, come on, are we going to tip off the Russians that, son of a gun, we know what counties they hacked? They know that already. That's not going to be news to them. But we need to know what county election voting systems were hacked. And I'm not entirely sure that all these reassurances that it didn't affect anything are valid. That needs to be determined as well. There's going to be a closed-door hearing. 
um, for Florida lawmakers there. We got um, Democrats like Stephanie Murphy calling for this, but Mike Walsh is a Republican. He's calling for this. Rick Scott, the Republican governor, when all of this went down in 2016. Um, listen, he has promised Politico that he will ask the FBI to declassify this information, and I think it needs to be made public. I can't think of a good reason why, and I think the FBI, for all the good work the grunts on the ground do, you know, I'm not talking about the deep state politicized leadership of the FBI, Comey and company. They do great work, but I think they're being overly secretive here, and I don't understand it. Can anybody explain it? 407-916-5400. Do you agree with me? This information needs to be out there in the public. We need to know this. 407-916-5400, text line 23680. Yaffe? I'm trying to sit here and play devil's advocate on why they might be keeping this a secret. I really can't think of a good reason. Maybe they're afraid of panic or something in those areas if they reveal it. I'm what, not exactly sure. What kind of panic do you think would ensue? Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. <laughs> the Russians are coming. The Russians are coming. <laughs> well, it's a bunch of older older people, older citizens who usually run the voting situation, right? And somebody just clicked on an email and boop, boop, and it went to crazy. I think maybe they're just scared of of, uh, of getting all the volunteers together and saying, you know, this is us, and, and then they go, you're on your own. I'm sorry. I don't give a rip. No. I want to know. There are bigger <laughs> issues here. Oh, we got a caller on the line, Alan. How about that? Who may have an answer and illuminate us. It's Scott dialing in from Orlando. Good morning, Scott. Good morning, bud. Let's, let's just put two and two together. Look at Broward County with all the corruption in their uh, voting system. It's probably down in the South Florida you know, it's probably the same FBI agent with Parkland School Massacre that they turned this guy into the FBI agent, and he did nothing. Yeah, you for know, what I, it's, it's for what it's worth, Scott, the supervisors down there in Broward and Miami Dade have denied that it was their counties. Um, one person said, "Bud, what good would it come from telling the public which counties were affected? What can the public do by knowing to fix, you know?" Well, they say that sunshine's the best disinfectant, you know. I'm a fan, basically, (laughs) of the sunshine laws here in the state of Florida. Kind of used to being able to know things like this. I can't think of a good reason why we should not know. I just can't. All right? All right. That's it. Um, Alan, News at 7. Folks just checking in. What do you got? SpaceX tries again tonight. Yeah, it didn't go off last night. And neighbors are fighting in Oviedo, and one of them is the mayor. Those stories and others, along with traffic and weather together, in just two minutes. 6.59 on Good Morning Orlando. WFLF Pine Hills, Orlando. WMGF HD3 Mount Dora, Orlando. And W226BT, Orlando. News Radio 93.1 WFLA and iHeart Radio Station. Good morning, Orlando. Top of the morning to you here on a Thursday at 7 o'clock as we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic again here and now on News Radio 93.1 WFLA FM, AM 540, and the iHeartRadio app. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this hour a do over for SpaceX. More in one minute. A Florida judge appointed by Obama bends over backwards for millions of Hispanic voters. Has he gone too far? We're talking about it next on Good Morning Orlando. 
SpaceX will try again tonight to launch dozens of new satellites into orbit. Rory O'Neill has more from our newsroom. Last night's weather was 80% go, but strong upper-level winds forced SpaceX to scrub. The Falcon 9 rocket is carrying 60 small satellites that will help bring broadband service to underserved parts of the planet. Founder Elon Musk says this is the most technically challenged mission he's ever launched, and it may not be a 100% success. Tonight's launch window at Cape Canaveral opens at 10.30. Rory O'Neill, News Radio 93.1, WFLA. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. An Oviedo woman is telling police that her neighbor, who happens to be the city's mayor, has been threatening to kill her and her family. Jennifer Bain even shared a video of Mayor Dominic Persampierre shouting at her from across the street, but police have filed no charges. I did go back up to the police station. I did make another report today because he's bashing me on social media. There's nothing they can do. Bain telling our news partner Fox 35 that it all started on Monday when she saw the mayor's daughter raising her phone outside their home and she thought it was connected to an HOA dispute over her new shed. I thought she was taking pictures of my house. My husband yelled over, like it says in the police report, please don't take pictures of my house or come on my property. Bain said she might seek a restraining order against Persampierre. Yeah, and it's undeniable that the mayor uttered words threatening to kill those neighbors. We'll play that in the 8 o'clock hour and talk about this controversy in Oviedo. There are new signs of red tide in the Gulf. The Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission says traces of it were found this week in a sample taken from Sarasota Bay. No fish kills have been reported. Hurricane preparedness funding is included in a big tax bill signed by Governor Ron DeSantis in front of Florida emergency managers at the governor's hurricane conference in West Palm Beach. It has seven-day disaster supply tax holiday, tax relief for repair and recovery, and tax relief for fuel purchases. And so as we go into a new hurricane season, you know, that is going to be important. The sales tax holiday runs from May 31st through June 6th and includes supplies like flashlights, batteries, tarps, coolers, and generators. Alabama's governor signs that bill, making it a felony to perform most abortions. State Senate Democrat Bobby Singleton thinks a sentence of up to 99 years to life in prison for performing an abortion is ridiculous. A doctor who does an abortion in this state under this law will probably never see life again outside of the jail cell. The law bans all abortions except to save the mother's life. Some Republicans not happy that the legislation didn't include exceptions for rape and incest. Opponents plan to challenge the law in court, and that's exactly what supporters want, hoping the challenge will make it all the way to the Supreme Court, where conservatives have the majority. Steve Rappaport, Fox News. And challenging Roe v. Wade in the Supreme Court what that law is about, and they admit that those who backed it didn't take Governor Kay Ivey long to sign it. We talked about it yesterday. By the way, interesting comments from televangelist Pat Robertson on this yesterday, who said he thought this was not the case to go to the Supreme Court because it's too extreme. Well, and what he thinks is really extreme is the 99 years life sentence for the abortion doctor. That's the biggest problem Robertson has with it. At the NBA's Eastern Conference Finals, the Milwaukee Bucks struck first. Brooke Lopez posted 29 points and 11 rebounds as they beat the Toronto Raptors 108-100 to in Game 1 at Milwaukee. That's where Game 2 takes place tomorrow night. WFLA News Time, 7.06. A Miami police officer's gun goes off in line at Publix. That story's online at WFLAOrlando.com. Whoa. Uh, yeah, I want that buy one, get one free, okay? <laughs> I'm not kidding here. I've got
got a gun, like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at WFLA Orlando. The second hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. Welcome to the 50,000-watt front porch. News Radio 93.1 WFLA. Where's my Bogo? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Alan Spector, my co-host, alongside the Bud Man here until 9 o'clock, serving up hot topics for your consideration on the 50,000-watt front porch. Executive producer Yaffe taking your calls. Melissa, a.k.a. The Fox, 407-916-5400. Text line 23680, where standard message and data rates apply. A Florida judge I'm not happy with, and that's not really new, is it? Um, But in this case, I think he's gone way beyond what he should be doing and gone way beyond what is appropriate in terms of accommodating Hispanic voters who do not speak English or speak it well. I want to know whether you agree with me or not, and some of you may not, when I lay it out in detail here in just a moment. But in the meantime, Alan... Yeah, a chance for you to win $1,000. How about that? We want to make your wallet great again. Listen for the keyword of the hour. Text that keyword to 200-200. If you're a winner, you'll get a call from area code 513 telling you you've won $1,000. Listen throughout the day for the keyword to text to win a grand and make your wallet great again. And we're just two minutes away from an update of Orlando's news, weather, and traffic. 708 on Good Morning Orlando. Headlining our hottest talk topic of the morning at 6 o'clock, President Trump's going to unveil his immigration reform plan today. President's plan would reportedly move the U.S. from a family-based immigration system to a system based on skills and employment opportunities, merit-based legal immigration. It's expected also the plan to call um, to include a call for continued construction of a massive border wall, although I don't have anything specific that confirms that. We'll await the president's remarks from the Rose Garden today. Updates at least every 10 minutes in the top stories all morning and good morning, Orlando. News, weather, traffic. traffic, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 93.1 WFLA. I want to know whether or not you agree with me and with this piece in the conservative review that takes to task, I think appropriately, Florida Judge Mark Walker. He is of the Northern District of Florida. He is an Obama-era appointee. And he has ruled within the past week that Florida's Secretary of State, Cabinet Officer, must instruct 32 of Florida's 67 counties with heavily Hispanic populations to begin providing Spanish-language ballots with all kinds of additional assistance, marketing, and advertising based on his reading of the demographics of those jurisdictions. Judge Walker, according to the conservative review piece, contends that the Voting Rights Act compels Florida to provide Spanish-language ballots and endless bilingual marketing and assistance for Puerto Ricans living in Florida. Now, now they're citizens of the United States. You have to understand that. They're not like people coming from some foreign country. They are citizens of the United States. He contends that the law prohibits English-only elections for those citizens. Citizens from Puerto Rico. 
Now, the Voting Rights Act that he's referring to says that anyone from Puerto Rico, among other places, whose predominant classroom language was other than English must not be, listen to this, not be denied the right to vote in any federal, state, or local election because of their inability to read, write, understand, or interpret any matter of the English in the English language. But the fact of the matter is, nobody's denying them the right to vote. And the question is raised further in the article, and, and this resonates with me, perhaps with you, perhaps not. I mean, how much English proficiency does it take to read the names off the ballot and color in a bubble. And if you can't even recognize the names, then how could the voter really vote anyway? All official government business ought to be conducted in English, in my opinion. I think we ought to go and codify further English as the official language for all government business and be done with this nonsense of twisting ourselves in knots for people who are more comfortable or more 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 able in another language than they are in English. You know, we did have a, a bill like that that passed the House of Representatives that would have repealed the requirement to offer these bilingual ballots, but it's it's the order being given by a judge. Seems to me this ought to go through the legislature here, not a judge's telling the Secretary of State that you have to do all of these things. And I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. Um, According to Conservative Review, Judge Walker says he's entitled to babysit and intervene in every aspect of the process of voting in order and order all sorts of processes and funding to be spent for a, quote, toll-free, county-specific Spanish-language hotline with at least one bilingual employee for the purpose of translating or otherwise assisting Spanish-speaking voters during all early voting hours, hours when polls are open, and all business hours on other days. The judge issued 11 orders, the article says, demanding the Secretary of State do everything she can to hire bilingual staff and provide bilingual assistance for every step of the electoral process. Listen, isn't it on you to get yourself in shape to vote in the elections? Why should it be on us, the taxpayers, the officials of this state? Why should it be ordered by a judge and not mandated by the legislature and signed off on by the governor? That's another question here. But, I mean, how far are we supposed to go on this? We're not denying anybody the right to vote. You can still vote. You should figure out the name that you want and scribble in the bubble for crying out loud. But I just don't understand where a judge gets off in the state of Florida or anywhere else mandating all of these accommodations. Now, are you with me and the conservative review or do you see it differently? All right. I'm not anti-Hispanic by any means. But this is ridiculous level of mandated accommodation in my view. I'd like to know what you think, and we'll find out if you'll call me at 407-916-5400 to get on the toll-free at 866-916-5400 or the text line at 2368. Zero, where standard message and data rates apply. All right, I've had my say. 
I feel better. How do you feel? Let's talk. And we will right after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. Headlines for you right now. The United States is suspending commercial and cargo flights to and from Venezuela. The Department of Homeland Security says the suspension is due to all the political instability in Venezuela and the increased tension between Venezuela and the U.S. Well, there goes the Caracas vacation, huh? Updates at least every 10 minutes in our top stories all morning on Good Morning Orlando. iHeartRadio is the easy-to-use app for music and radio. Download the free iHeartRadio app today. Yaffe, you brought the conservative review piece on this judge in Florida who's bending over backwards and forcing the Secretary of State and other officials to implement all kinds of accommodations for Hispanic voters and Spanish, you know, ballots in Spanish are just the beginning here. Um, I, I, I think he's way beyond his appropriate authority, and it's just like everybody's just rolling over and playing dead. That was my first thought, was how does he have the authority to do this? Honestly, it sounds like an activist judge who is putting his political biases into the law. Exactly. Something the legislature ought to be dealing with if it is to be dealt with, right? right. Exactly. I, I just can't understand how he thinks he has the authority here yeah, beyond he, the legislature. Well, he I'm sure he is an activist judge. He's an Obama appointee. You know? He has a history of doing this, though. He's already was working on the Spanish language ballots for back in the nineteen, uh, rather the two thousand eighteen yeah. elections. So, yeah, yeah. Federal judge out of the Northern District of Florida, Judge Mark Walker, is the one we're talking about. I've got to go to the phones because John got on the line the first time I promoted this, and I think that was about a half an hour ago. John, thank you for your loyalty to the show and your patience with me. Good morning, and welcome to the pro. Welcome to the program. What's on your mind? Thank you, bud. And I do agree with you. Um, basically, if you don't have command of even the English language, what is how are you going to vote properly on the, the ballot? It's already hard enough as it is to find information on the various candidates, especially as you get lower and lower into the local and state level. But but um, but but we're not denying you your right to vote. But that's on right. you. And if you want to, you know, identify a name and you know, color in the bubble. And we're not telling you you can't vote. You're right. And uh, I would actually say this judge is actually, ironically, a bigot. Because what about other cultures? What about Asian, uh, Indian from India? Uh, the other cultures here that we have, we have a very diverse community. Where is their part of the ballot to vote? So um, why is he just doing Spanish? We need to put all the languages on there. We need to make it 50 pages. Right? Yeah, let, let me bring Alan in on that. Yeah, well, what I was thinking was, what if, John, we went to another country? Would we expect the ballots to be in English. Exactly. exactly. I wouldn't. And Exactly. And I wouldn't either. That's what I mean. I'm, I'm agreeing by saying exactly. So, And again, he's only going for the Spanish voters, but how many different languages are spoken here? In exactly. And just because there's so, more Spanish, why would you accommodate them and not accommodate others? It's just as big a problem if it is a problem, you know, for somebody who is from, uh, you know, Swahili land or something uh, and who and shows up here. As it is for somebody who says, I don't speak, uh, I speak Spanish, I don't speak English very well, you know? And, and, exactly. and I think that point is very, very well made, and I thank you for it. And I'm sure you had more to say, but others do as well. Let's get on that text line. Incoming, as I say, uh, is, wow, substantial. <laughs> Here's one that says, I want to know why we, the taxpayers, are constantly forced to accommodate foreigners. English is the language spoken by the majority of Americans. It's the language we do business in. If you don't want to learn at least a minimal amount of English, please stay home. 
What else you see, Yaffe? Uh, yeah, a lot of people are making the point that our caller made. One person said, how is it fair to just translate into Spanish? What about other immigrants that speak other languages? Which is the exact point the caller was just making. Let's, <laughs> go ahead, I'm sorry. Let's go back to the phones. Mike in Orlando, good morning. Hey, good morning, bud. And uh, Alan and Mike and Melissa, we're all here for you, Mike. Hey, I wanted to say that um, I am Latino, I am Hispanic, and I think this is a, a, a huge mistake, a big mess. This is not helping anyone. This is just prolonging people from integrating and you know, becoming part of the melting pot. Um, this is an activist judge just legislating from the bench. You know, if you want to vote, you should be able to make an intelligent and informed decision. And that, that includes maybe learning the language, the official language of your country, and then making the decision based on what you know. He, he's just trying, to, just trying to pander to certain, certain votes. And, I mean, it's obvious to me and a, and a lot of other Latinos when they're, we're just being pandered to. This is ridiculous. Mike, thanks for your call. It's an interesting perspective given your heritage. Absolutely is. And interesting also, we have a texter on the line. This is last time I checked. uh, English was the official language of Florida, and so it is, enshrined in the Constitution by an amendment passed by the public way back in the 1980s. Yep, that's exactly right. All right, so if that is so, why is everybody knuckling under and rolling over here? It's political correctness. Don't want to offend a minority, et cetera, et cetera. I think that's what's going on here. I do. We're going to stay on Walker about this, and thank you for staying on him with us for the most part. Most of you seem to agree. We had to recheck the tally as of about an hour ago, make it 24 Democrats now running for president. And in our Elsewhere segment, a new look for the Hershey Bar. Those stories and others, along with traffic and weather together, in just two minutes, 7.30 on Good Morning Orlando. Alan, just what the Democrat Party's been looking for. Somebody else to run for president. Yeah, it's about time somebody (laughs) jumped in. Come on. (laughs) Come on in. The water's fine, apparently. (laughs) The pool's crowded. New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio joining the crowded 2020 Democratic presidential primary field. In a video posted on social media this morning, the mayor said he can stand up to President Trump. I'm a New Yorker. I've known Trump's a bully for a long time. This is not news to me or anyone else here. And I know how to take him on. de Blasio has been mayor of the nation's largest city since 2014. Still, even many of his own constituents are not too enthusiastic about his White House bid. A recent Quinnipiac University poll found 76% of New Yorkers said they don't think it's a good idea. This news brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Florida lawmakers are about to learn more about the Russian hacking of election systems in two counties. FBI agents have agreed to meet behind closed doors today with members of the Florida congressional delegation to inform them as to what they knew about the breach before the 2016 presidential election and what's been done since to harden our supervisor of election networks. Governor Ron DeSantis received a similar briefing concerned about next year and beyond. I think it's important that if there is a threat that we at the state level know so that Secretary of State can work with the supervisors to be able to uh, to deploy whatever measures are necessary. DeSantis will not name the two counties that were hacked. Because he signed a non-disclosure uh, thing with the right. FBI that they insisted on to give many information. We raised the issue here and got into it in the 6 o'clock hour, Alan. I think we the people, the voters ought to be informed of what counties uh, were hacked by the Russians. Uh, 
So it has come up here on the 50,000-watt front porch. What else is going on? Well, more than a year after the Florida legislature passed gun restrictions, a Leon County Circuit judge has dismissed a lawsuit that alleged a ban on bump stocks was an unconstitutional taking of property. The judge's ruling sides with the state in the dispute stemming from a law passed after the February 2018 mass shooting at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland. And Florida's tourism marketing arm is slashing its budget. A reluctant Visit Florida Board of Directors cutting more than $20 million in payroll and marketing while admitting the agency must do a better job of selling itself to lawmakers, especially in the House, which sought to eliminate the agency during this year's legislative session. And wound up slashing their budgets, so they're downsizing the payroll. They are. And elsewhere... Shall we dive right in with a Florida man? Yeah. Okay. Good. A Florida man is facing charges after leading police on a high-speed chase in a replica of the General Lee car from TV's Dukes of Hazard. Oh, geez. 44-year-old Oswald Pereira of Marion County was arrested after the chase, which started after Pereira allegedly set his ex-wife's house on fire. Pereira fled the scene in a Dodge Charger made to look like the General Lee, but he ditched that car for an SUV, which deputies were able to stop. He was taken to the hospital to be treated for burns he suffered in the fire that he set. Yeah, easy to spot a bright orange 40-year-old Charger. With a Confederate flag on the roof. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Stands out just a bit. Hershey is changing the look of its famous milk chocolate bar. What? For a limit. I'm glad you're sitting down, bud. For a limited time this summer, the brand is replacing its iconic logo with a variety of popular emoji designs. A smiley face, a thumbs up, and a fist pound are among the 25 emojis that will be featured on the chocolate bar's familiar rectangles. The company says each emoji was carefully picked to help spark a conversation and make a connection. It's the first time Hershey's has changed the look in its 125-year history. So we're not talking about the wrapper. We're talking about how they actually stencil or stamp on yeah. the word Hershey on the actual candy yeah. bar. That's correct. That's going to be gone? Well, I, they, they want to spark conversation. They got a smiley time. face. No they want, worries. They want people talking while their mouth is full of chocolate. I have to admit, this is a brilliant marketing idea. It really is. You think so? Cheez-Its I mean, has been doing it forever. How much, you know, Hershey's, it's just kind of there. How much do you really think about it? But now people are going to actively look for it to see the inside of it, and they're going to purchase them. Like I said, it works with Cheez-Its. They have like a Spider-Man mashed into them, and the kids are like, oh, Spider-Man. It's still a Cheez-It, but now it's got Spider-Man on it. So same with the chocolate. I think it'll be really You help. think they'll wind up staying with it, and the Hershey's, the famous oh, Hershey's, no. are going to be gone? No, no, it's just a novelty for a while. Deal? Yeah, well, they want to get people right. eating it again yeah. so they'll remember that they like it right. and they'll purchase it again in the future. Right. I, I I, have to. Dr. Kronhaus said I need to space out my meltdown, so I'm not going to have a <laughs> meltdown over the Hershey chocolate change with a logo. Good, we were, good, we good. were discussing this off the air before before the newscast, and I said, Bud, save your outrage for when I actually get to the story, yeah. okay? I'm handling it. I'm okay now. All right, finally, traffic on a Tampa Bay highway is back to normal following a panic over manatees. Late last week, drivers on Courtney Campbell Causeway called the Coast Guard and TV stations 
when they thought they were witnessing manatees in distress in the water. With most callers pulled over, news helicopters descended on the site, only to discover the manatees were not in distress, but in a mating ball. Yeah, leave us alone down here, will you please? A manatee (laughs) mating ball occurs a few times a year, and it's when a group of males encircle a smaller group of females to take turns mating. It's yeah. a manatee orgy. Yes, and it's meant to be done in private. Yeah. All Get right. a room, manatee. Jeez. Get out of here, you people. Traffic <laughs> returned to normal once they figured out <laughs> what was actually happening. Where do you get this stuff? I love it. Um, find these uh, stories and more and find out where I got them on the Good Morning Orlando page at WFLAOrlando.com. Just look for Elsewhere. Elsewhere. Swift, Alan Spector. It's good stuff. You're a hard act to follow, but I got a good act to follow Do it right now. Do what you now. can, bud. We're going to give away a fabulous prize, free tickets for them to Hard Rock Live for a Rolling Stones classic rock album recreate. These things are amazing. It's a great show. Alan, in another life for another radio station, you used to host these events. Yes, and uh, I enjoyed the shows immensely. It's a, they do an amazing job. They call it Classic Albums Live, and that's what it is. It's fantastic. You will love it. What a night of entertainment. And if it's not something you're into, it's a great gift idea for a graduation president, uh, president rather, or a graduation gift would be a good idea. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, weddings, Father's Day coming up here. Uh, and if you haven't won in 30 days, you're eligible to play Sound Judgment and win it right now. Lines are filling up. Hey, the toll-free is still open. Don't tell anybody. Call now, 866-916-5400. Sound judgment and more on the big prize right after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here in only two minutes for you on Good Morning Orlando. Looking ahead to the upcoming Memorial Day holiday weekend, more Floridians are planning to travel over the three-day weekend this year than they did last year. According to AAA, it says they expect an almost 4% increase. Most will drive to their destinations thanks to relatively low gas prices. The most popular destination in the entire United States. Wait for it. We're here. Orlando. Woo! Updates at least every 10 minutes on our top stories all morning on Good Morning Orlando. Weather and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 93.1 WFLA. Melissa, the contestants are in place, ready for the sound judgment question. What about that great prize they're playing for? Great is a great word. It is a four-pack of tickets for Classic Albums Live. Now, if you're not familiar with Classic Albums Live, they're a group out of Toronto, Canada, talking about 30 great musicians that make you feel like you're listening to your favorite artists live. And this time they're performing Rolling Stones' Let It Bleed. Alan, what songs are on that? Uh, The big ones you'll know are Gimme Shelter and uh, You Can't always get what you want oh i love those ones now the rolling stones live performance literally you close your eyes it's note for note song for song just like the album these guys are incredible and once they do the album they take a break come back and do a greatest hits set to hear all the stones big hits they're really in bonus yeah that you can't always get what you want is what's played at the trump rallies right yeah and (laughs) the the stones are really excited about that Uh, i'll bet they are bet that's going to be at the hard rock live saturday july 27th Tickets are available through Ticketmasters, or you can just win it right now with Sound Judgment. Yep, and if you're trying to get in, 
The lines are busy. We'll open one up if there's a wrong answer. 407-916-5400. you got to be quick. Today's sound judgment, a little bit of a serious note here, focuses on a longtime Republican member of Congress who passed away a few weeks ago. Vice President Mike Pence eulogized his fellow Indiana lawmaker at the funeral held yesterday. Listen to some sound of the vice president, then use your sound judgment to name the late United States Senator Mike Pence is talking about here. On this day, it can rightly be said that he fought the good fight. He finished the race. He kept the faith. And Indiana and America and the world are better for it. Mike Pence talking about a U.S. senator from his home state who passed away recently. Name that senator and you're our winner. Line one, go ahead. I don't have an idea. (laughs) Thanks for being on the line. There's the open line. And folks are bailing out on us left and right. So 407-916-5400, you can do this. It made the news yesterday. Mike Pence eulogizing his fellow colleague in Indiana politics for so many years, a United States senator who recently died. Here is line two. Who was Pence talking about there, line two? Well, I watch the news all the time, and his name is Richard Luger. And you, sir, are our winner. And I know that voice. It's so distinctive. Don, you've been one of our longtime regulars, but I know you haven't won sound judgment, at least not in a long time. So congratulations, my friend. I'm just another satisfied uh, contest winner. Here on WFLA as the old jingle used to go. An unsolicited testimonial. <laughs> Good stuff, Don. Thanks very much for uh, for listening to our show for so many years. Uh, well, I love you what... guys. In fact, I was, I was probably one of your first listeners in, in the afternoon uh, when you first came out. In fact, I remember you saying how nervous you were on the first day. I'll never forget it. He I'm said that you. this morning. You, no, <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> I got this great team surrounding me, and we've really developed something very special, and we and we really just love uh, our loyal listeners. And, yeah, you've been with us since the beginning. It's great to be able to give you this prize. You're going to have a blast, or somebody's going to have a blast with those free tickets to that great show at Hard Rock Live. We hope you enjoy it, Don. Okay, guys, love you. Don't go away. You and Melissa will do a little business off air, and we'll make the connection on the prize. He literally has been with me since the very beginning. Yeah, there's no accounting for taste, is there? <laughs> it really isn't, but he's a good guy, Alan. Trust we'll still me. give him the prize. Trust yeah. me, you'd like him. You, oh, you guys are tough. Uh-huh. Headlining a huge national story we talked about in depth yesterday, Alabama Governor Kay Ivey has signed the nation's strictest abortion law ever into law. The measurement, the bill has been signed into law, I should say, the measure outlawing nearly all abortions except in cases where the mother's life is in danger. The state Senate passed the bill this week, rejected an amendment that would have given exceptions for rape and incest. The bill's authors have said they crafted the law strictly to challenge the 1973 Supreme Court decision, Roe v. Wade, that granted abortion rights to women, and they hope ultimately um, to have a case that will overturn Roe v. Wade. They admit this law, though, is unenforceable. 
Updates at least every 10 minutes in our top stories on Good Morning Orlando. You're never more than 10 minutes away from the latest news, weather, and traffic. News Radio 93.1 WFLA. Alan has your news update in just a second, but for the ride home this afternoon, Yaffe's got a show. Yeah, and we have big news today as President Trump is set to give his immigration speech at 2.30. So we'll cover it live on P... Well, we won't cover it live afterwards on PM Orlando. You'll be live when you cover it. Yeah, so we'll (laughs) recap it. And (laughs) yeah... Wow, I totally screwed up that promo in just every sort of way. I won't do that tonight on my show. Here we are trying to throw you a bone, Yaffe, for crying out loud. How about you? You're in prime time tonight, Melissa. Oh, there you go. (laughs) 9 o'clock tonight, the Connection Show is going to be talking about a great event happening this Saturday in Lake County called the Autism and Special Needs Event. 700 families are getting together, and we're going to be talking about it. 9 o'clock tonight, Connection Show. See, Yaffe, that's how you do it. Clean as a whistle. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. I was entertaining that way, though. Didn't have to look at my notes or anything. What do you got, Alan? I got a not-so-neighborly dispute in Oviedo, and Mick still has those moves like Jagger. Those stories and others, along with traffic and weather together in just two minutes, 8 o'clock on Good Morning Orlando. WFLF Pine Hills, Orlando, WMGF HD3 Mount Dora, Orlando, and W226BT Orlando. News Radio 93.1 WFLA and iHeart Radio Station. Good morning, Orlando. Delighted to have you with us on a bright and beautiful Thursday morning at 8 o'clock as we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic once again on News Radio 93.1 WFLA FM AM 540 in the iHeart Radio app. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this hour the mayor versus the neighbor. Details in one minute. We're talking about the Oviedo mayor recorded threatening to kill those neighbors, as you will hear next on Good Morning Orlando. A woman in Oviedo says the city's mayor, who lives a few doors down from her, is getting special treatment from police after she says he threatened to kill her and her husband. Jennifer Bain tells our news partner Fox 35 that she filed a report against Mayor Dominic Persampierre and might take further action. I don't know why he's threatening to kill me. I'm actually kind of scared. I'm going to have to file a restraining order because this man now is posting things on social media about my dog and how much of a threat my dog is, um, how much of a threat we are. Bain also gave police video of the mayor standing across the street from their home yelling those threats, which apparently stemmed from an HOA dispute involving his daughter but no charges have been filed against Persampierre. We have the audio track. It's hard to hear, but we will lay it out for you and play it, and we'll talk about it. Uh, This is, as far as I know, the only case I've ever heard of an elected official in this country threatening to kill constituents. We're talking about it in a moment, Alan. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. SpaceX will try again tonight to launch a Falcon 9 rocket packed with 60 communication satellites Last night's liftoff was postponed because of upper-level winds at Cape Canaveral. President Trump set to unveil his immigration policy in public remarks today. Senior administration officials say the White House immigration plan will focus on two main points, border security and merit-based immigration with the goal of attracting and retaining the best and brightest immigrants to America. President Trump also laid out two additional priorities while addressing hundreds of police officers. To end deadly sanctuary cities 
to stop the visa lottery program. The White House does not yet have the support of congressional Democrats on their plan, which does not address the issue of DACA recipients, which for many Democrats makes the president's proposal a non-starter. At the White House, John Decker, Fox News. Alan, big-time talker for us when we came on the air at 6 o'clock. We'll get into it briefly later in this hour. What's in that president's plan and what is not. And something we talked about a lot yesterday, bud, Alabama Governor Kay Ivey has signed the nation's strictest abortion ban into law. That measure outlaws nearly all abortions except in cases where the mother's life is in danger. Thanks to a tax bill just signed by our governor, Floridians can save money on hurricane supplies during a sales tax holiday that begins May 31st. With obviously the hurricanes have been being an issue in Florida for a while now, this is a very important holiday, one we hope that uh, consumers will take advantage of. Anything from tarps to batteries to radios, anything that you would need both during and after a hurricane specifically, but any kind of disaster really. James Miller with the Florida Retail Federation. And even after heart surgery, Mick Jagger still has the moves. I've got the moves, Mick Jagger. Yes, Mick Jagger does indeed have his groove back. The 75-year-old rocker posted an Instagram video of himself busting into his usual moves in a dance studio in front of a mirror. He was clearly back to his old self, the feet shuffling left and right, chin jutting forward, hands flailing from hips to face. Jagger underwent medical treatment reportedly for a heart valve issue a little over a month ago. The treatment forced the Rolling Stones to postpone its No Filter tour. John Bon Jovi reacting on social media, posting a picture of Jagger, writing, All hail the king. Welcome back, Mick. You are the greatest. Michelle Polino, Fox News. It's amazing he could do that at 75, even <laughs> without having had heart surgery. He was moving like a guy who's 35. It's amazing. Amazing, really. He rolls on. WFLA News Time is 8.08. A five-year-old brings 22 packets of crack cocaine to Philadelphia daycare. Worst show and tell ever. That story is online at WFLAOrlando.com. Join us on You're Facebook me, man. and follow us on Twitter at WFLA Orlando. The third hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. Use your smart speaker. Tell Alexa to play News Radio 93.1 from iHeartRadio. My irrepressible co-host, Alan Spector. Alongside the Bud Man here, Yaffe's our executive producer, Melissa, a.k.a. The Fox, will be taking your calls. We need to talk about what's going on here in Oviedo. Uh, where the mayor, I mean, and you're going to hear the audio track. You're going to have to really strain to hear it, but I'll tell you exactly, word for word, exactly what it is you'll be listening to in a moment. He did threaten to kill his neighbors, this HOA dispute. Um, He's not being charged. We'll explain that here in a moment. But, um, you know, if the mayor of your town or city had threatened to kill constituents, which is exactly what we have here, um, how would you react the next time that person came up for re-election? Will the voters decide to penalize the mayor of Oviedo when law enforcement has decided not to file charges? We'll, we'll see, and we'll see what you think uh, in just a moment. And in just a moment, it's your chance to make your wallet great again. You can win $1,000 in our texting contest. All you have to do is listen for the keyword of the hour to be announced in moments. Text that keyword to 200-200. 
Now, if you're a winner, you'll get a notification call from area code 513. Please answer it and listen throughout the day for the keyword to text to win $1,000 and make your wallet great again. And we're just two minutes away from an update of Orlando's news, weather, and traffic on Good Morning Orlando. It's 810. If it is joining us, this statewide headline right now of some environmental concern, there are new signs of red tide in the Gulf. Seems early in the year for that to me. The Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission says traces of red tide were found this week in a sample taken from Sarasota Bay. No fish kills have been reported. Updates at least every 10 minutes in the top stories. We do it all morning for you on Good Morning Orlando. Use your smart speaker. Tell Google Home to play News Radio 93.1 WFLA. I wonder how the voters in Oviedo will react later this year when uh, their mayor since 2011, Dominic Persampierre, stands for re election. Um, let me set up what you're about to hear. Earlier this week, um, he got into it big time in a shouting match with a couple of neighbors. They've had run-ins before over over homeowners association issues. Um, and uh, uh, Per a wife, by the way, is head of the of the HOA in their particular neighborhood. For those of you out of the Metro Orlando area, Oviedo is a community in the eastern end of Seminole County. Um, so the deal was this. Persampierre's daughter, who's 26, she's not a kid, uh, he'll refer to her as that in a moment, you'll hear, uh, Krista was apparently out looking for their lost cat. But um, Mr. and Mrs. Bain across the street, Christopher and Jennifer Bain, and they've gotten into it with Persampierre on, on homeowner issues before it is reported, uh, thought that maybe she was out there taking pictures to file an HOA complaint about a shed that they had built that they thought might be a violation. Um, but at any rate, um, the Baines said, they said, if you continue taking pictures of our house, we're calling the police that we didn't curse uh, at the daughter. Uh, she said she wasn't taking pictures. So apparently she was looking for her cat, and apparently that is true. Well, then the mayor got out there across the street, and uh, he let fly... Um, with uh, with the following comments that were recorded by the Baines, and then they gave that to police, who've decided not to charge the mayor, and she thinks, Mrs. Bain does, that that is favorable treatment that the mayor is getting. Um, the police say that uh, uh, Persempierre was not arrested because the incident on Monday night did not rise to the level of an aggravated assault, and the mayor did not have a firearm. But I want you to consider... I mean, I've, I've never heard of an elected official threatening to kill constituents. You may say that, um, that he you know, was only a joke, but it wasn't a joke at the time. More on that in a moment. The audio's hard to hear because it was taken from a distance, the video that accompanied it. This is what the mayor says, and then I will play it for you to verify it, okay? It'll be hard to hear. This will be the mayor's words. You ever talk to my kid... She's 26, I'm just saying. Like that again, I'll get my gun. I'll come over there, and I'll blanking kill you. Take my picture. Here I am. Record this. She lost her damn cat. Go ahead. Put it on Facebook. You're both blank and blank. Now, let's listen. 
Now, the mayor will not apologize for the death threat, just some of the language he used, and here he is. My daughter came home terribly upset, crying, and you know what? At that point, that's when I'm not the mayor. That's when I'm a father and a husband. Things get said. I'm not going to make any apologies for being mad, no. Could my words have been chosen better? Of course. Cops said that um, they're not charging um, the mayor. The Baines are, uh, you know, going after him. They've gotten into it before. Now, you tell me, how will that affect his electability in November in Oviedo? Uh, I've never heard of an elected official threatening at any level to kill constituents. Tell me if I'm wrong and I'm missing some big story along the way. I've been hanging around newsrooms for a long, long time. And we can find no precedent for such a thing. And, uh, you know, he's not apologizing for what he said, not denying it, because it is undeniable, even though that's hard to hear. The TV stations ran it with subtitles. Can't do that on the radio. Trust me, I gave you word for word what Mayor Persampierre said. Now, what about it? Um, would you vote for the mayor again? I have no idea whether he's Republican or Democrat. I don't even want to know. I don't even care because I don't care about any partisan aspect in a situation like this. Um, do you think they should have found some way to charge him? Do you think he's getting special treatment by not being charged? And do you think the voters will ignore this, forgive this, or throw him out of office when he runs for re-election this November? The mayor of Oviedo, on tape, threatening to kill a couple of constituents. What are your thoughts on this? What's your reaction to it all? It's a story unlike any I've ever seen. I thought it was worth a little airtime on the 50,000-watt front porch. 407-916-5400 or text us at 23680 where standard message and data rates apply. You're next and we'll get our gang involved in this as well after we update Orlando's news, weather and traffic in just two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. Headlines for you right now. Internationally, the U.S. is suspending commercial and cargo flights to and from Venezuela. The Department of Homeland Security saying the suspension is due to the political instability in Venezuela and the increased tension between Venezuela and the United States. Updates at least every 10 minutes on our top stories on Good Morning Orlando. iHeartRadio is the easy-to-use app for music and radio. Download the free iHeartRadio app today. What if the Oviedo Council ought to take some action against Mayor uh, Persampierre for being on tape threatening to kill constituents? You know, he says he lost his head. He's a hothead. He didn't apologize for just the language that he used, that he could have chosen his words more carefully. Um, you know, I wonder how this will play politically, the elections uh, in November. Cops decided not to charge him for reasons we cited. What about it, gang? What do you think? Well, I mean, the big problem with this to me is this apparently is not the first time he has lost his temper. Apparently he's got a reputation like for a short fuse. So that makes things a little different. If it was just a one-time thing and you lost your temper, you know, kind of, you can let it go. But if he has a history of doing stuff like this, then... Yeah, know. yeah, he I has try- a history of blowing up. Right? I tried to put myself in, uh, in, in... His position, and I and anything I could ever imagine saying would fall far short of, if you don't, if you do this again, I will get a gun and come over and kill you. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Blank. Yeah, you know, 
What do you see on the text line? Well, there's a lot going on. Uh, one said regarding the Oviedo mayor, six months until the election. That's a long time. Unless somebody brings it up shortly before the election, nobody will remember it. Yeah, one person says, I live and work in Oviedo. I've heard other talk about the mayor's short fuse. I will not vote for him. And here's an interesting one. It says, when it comes to the mayor threatening to kill someone, I assume he is kidding, just as Trump does when he said he could shoot someone in the street and he wouldn't lose a vote. It was likely a joke. I ask, if Trump were to threaten to kill someone, would that be a problem, too? Would you react? How would I react, right? Yeah. Yeah. Can't even believe that, that I'm being asked that by a texter here. First of all, I would not react to it well, you know. Uh, if the president actually threatened to specifically kill some constituents and, you know, very specifically who, that's not what happened there. No, that he was wasn't threatening brush. anybody's life by what he said. Um, there's a note here indicating that in November of last year, Democratic um, Congressman Eric Swalwell, who's now in that crowded field of Democrats running for the 2020 presidential nomination suggested launching nuclear weapons against gun owners who refused to hand over or sell semi-automatic rifles to the U.S. government. Yeah, he went on to say it would be a quick war because we have all the nukes. Yeah, okay. Um, Still not the same. No, it is not the same. Um, what about it? You know, should the council take action here? Um, you know, force him to apologize beyond what he has? Should the cops find a way to... Uh, uh, charge him in this case. They say they don't have the grounds to do it. How will it play politically? Of course, the big question in Oviedo. Certainly behavior unbecoming a person of uh, holding that type of office. Or any office. I've never heard of anyone in elective office threatening to kill constituents. And, you know, you can <laughs> say, well, he was just, he was hot because it was his daughter and all of this. It's bad it, business, yeah. You know, it, it, it really, I've got to say, I don't even know the man here. But it's got to say, it, it really calls into question his maturity at the very least, you know, but his but his judgment and his temperament, you know, to lead a city like Oviedo, a city of 40,000 and growing by leaps and bounds. He's been the mayor since 2011, first elected in 2010, so apparently a lot of people like him here. If I were running against him, I would run hard on this issue and the questions it raises that I just raised. Just include that video in your campaign commercial. And make it a little bit easier to see and hear. Well, put the subtitles on. And that it does work as video. It didn't work well as audio. That's why we gave you literally word for word. Interesting story, interesting conversation as always. Yet another Democrat hat in the ring. And Florida lawmakers get a briefing on Russian election hacking. Those stories and others, along with our Elsewhere segment and traffic and weather together in just two minutes. It's 8.30 on Good Morning Orlando. Alan, before I kick it over to you for the bottom of the hour news update right now, the texters continue to weigh in on the uh, on the mayor of Oviedo, Dominic Persampierre, and it's, it's, on, it's on tape, um, threatening to kill a couple of neighbors he was having a an HOA argument with here. Um, One saying, in the heat of an argument, people say things they later regret. That neighbor drew first blood by cursing at the mayor's daughter. They say they did not curse at the daughter, who's 26, by the way. It will not affect him. Uh, Another one says the situation screams bad past history between these neighbors. It's personal. And then this, as a former federal police officer, what are the police thinking? He made a death threat. Arrest him. Let the courts 
straighten it out. Wow. There you go. And the presidential politics associated with the upcoming 2020 election from the Democrat side, now there are 24. New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio becoming the latest Democrat to run for president, making the announcement this morning on social media. He said working class Americans are being left behind. There's plenty of money in this world. There's plenty of money in this country. It's just in the wrong hands. de Blasio has been mayor of New York since 2014, and his constituents have mixed reactions to his White House bid. He has no chance. There's no chance. Uh, the people in New York definitely don't like him. I certainly didn't vote for him. That's awesome. I think he's been a great mayor, and he has my vote. de Blasio has been mulling over whether to run for some time now and has spent a number of weekends at early primary states. This news brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. First, it was the governor. Now Florida lawmakers get an opportunity today to ask questions about the Russian hacking of two counties in the 2016 election. Members of the Florida congressional delegation have been invited to attend today's classified FBI briefing. Governor Ron DeSantis has already been filled in on what he calls the intrusion into two supervisor of elections networks. This was something, you know, where they had a spear phishing uh, someone clicked on it, so someone was able to get access to things, but nothing that affected the vote count. He stresses the FBI only met with him after he requested the information unveiled in the Mueller report and agreed to sign a non-disclosure agreement promising not to identify the counties affected. Eric Rodriguez, News Radio 93.1 WFLA. And continuing on the subject of elections, today in Tampa, Florida Democrats and their former candidate for governor roll out a voter registration drive. Andrew Gillum and his nonprofit group Forward Florida Action are joining with the Florida Democratic Party with the goal of signing up 200,000 new voters for the 2020 primary. He's making the announcement at a midday news event on the University of South Florida campus in Tampa. Political analysts say the Democrats' edge in Florida voter registrations has dropped by 400,000 voters over the past 10 years. Gordon Bird, News Radio 93.1 WFLA. An official at a school in Lake County is accused of having an inappropriate relationship with a student. Montverde Academy announcing that Dean of Students Jerry Matos was fired this week after the relationship with the girl came to light. The 2019 PGA Championship is underway this morning at the Beth Page Black Course on New York's Long Island. Tiger Woods looks for his second major title of the season after winning the Masters last month. Brooks Kepka is the defending champion. That's going to be fun to watch. Elsewhere... Is it bye-bye, Brittany? Brittany Spears' longtime manager says her career may be over. Larry Rudolph telling TMZ that Spears is not physically or mentally fit to resume her Las Vegas residency and may never be. Wow. He says as the person who guides her career and based on what he knows, it's clear to him that she won't return to Vegas and probably won't ever return. He says the decision to pull her show came after her father became ill and her meds stopped working. Spears reportedly checked into a mental health facility and obtained a restraining order against a former associate last month. 
Her Vegas residency was supposed to begin on February 13th, but was put on ice. She's still pretty young. What am I say? Upper 30s, maybe? I Something th- like that? I think yeah. so. It's been yeah. about 20 years yeah. since she had uh, those first couple of hits, including the one we just heard. And she's had issues on and off over the years. You she know, has. Emotionally and whatever, uh, family relationships. Yeah, exactly. She shaved her head, for Pete's sake. Yeah, yeah there was a video of her uh, with her head shaved at a gas station swinging a baseball bat. I gotta, about I, 10 or 12 years ago, then she kind of made a comeback yeah. after I, that. At her best, I think she's a terrific talent. Yeah. I wish her well. Mental health issues are nothing to play with. No, no sir. For sure. Or no, ma'am. Mm-hmm. A, f- a 49-year-old Sherpa is a world record holder after climbing to the top of the world nearly two dozen times. Hiking officials in Nepal say Kami Rita Sherpa just reached the summit of Mount Everest for the 23rd time. That puts him two summits ahead of two rivals in climbing to the 29,035-foot summit of the world's tallest peak. And he says he's going to try to reach the top of Everest two more times, going for an even 25. I used to do some mountain climbing up in the Adirondacks when I was a camp counselor. You know, if I had to go up the same mountain three times, I was bored to death. Don't you get bored climbing Everest? I I don't know. You're a Sherpa. I mean, how much is going on to begin with? I guess so. (laughs) You may be right. (laughs) Finally. There's not a lot going on over there. As HBO's eight-season mega-hit Game of Thrones comes to a close, a significant portion of the fan base is not happy with how it's turning out. After last Sunday's penultimate episode, The Bells, an online petition went up on Change.org requesting that HBO remake the final season with competent writers. As of early today, the petition had nearly 250,000 signatures. It's a huge hit. Some people are just never happy. Yeah. I feel like this happens with a lot of popular shows. Remember when The Sopranos ended and so many people were upset they on how that ended? They do that on purpose. Well, remember Seinfeld had a very disappointing finale. Yeah, Again, the, the courtroom scene and the trial, a lot of people burned him on that. They do that on purpose. I'm just going to tell you that. You figure it out yourself, but they do. They have a weak ending of a, of a beautiful series right. because they don't want you to miss it. They don't want you to go, oh, let's go and do some more. They're like, oh, that was kind of a letdown. Hmm. Move on. Okay, well, <laughs> when this show ends, bud, you know what to do. There you go. <laughs> stink up stink up the joint. <laughs> Find these stories and more on the Good Morning Orlando page at WFLAOrlando.com. Look for Elsewhere. Elsewhere. With me, Alan Spector. Fantastic. Up next, fantastic as well. My heart doctor for a decade and a half. Dr. Ken Kronhouse with breaking health and medical news from all over the health and medical field. A couple of great new uh, indicators on how you can reduce your blood pressure. You want to hear that in a moment. All the news from Dr. K. Don't miss it. It's right after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. Headlines now off what um, Alan was telling you, that New York's Mayor de Blasio is now the 24th Democrat running for president. The president is tweeting on that. The Dems are getting another beauty to join their group. Bill de Blasio of New York City considered the worst mayor in the U.S. He's a joke. But if you like high taxes and crime, he's your man. New York City hates him. A Trump tweet just in. Updates at least every 10 minutes of the top stories on Good Morning Orlando. 
from News Radio 93.1, this is Good Morning Orlando with Bud Henninger, Alan Spector, Michael Yaffe, and Melissa Fox. Here on Good Morning Orlando, we care about your health and well-being. After all, without you, who would listen to the show? That's why each Thursday at this time, we welcome our own doctor, Ken Kronhaus. You know it, if you're a regular, he's my doctor and my good friend. And uh, Doc, it's great to have you with us for breaking health and medical news that you have um, in your little black bag there as you join us on the 50,000-watt front porch. Good morning to you, my friend. Great to be with you, bud. Let's talk about this DASH diet. I think that's an acronym for uh, Dietary Approaches to Stop Hypertension, a.k.a. Blood Pressure. Uh, some interesting new research on how effective that uh, that can be. You get an A+. Around 5.7 million adults have heart failure in America, but heart failure occurs when the heart continues to beat but cannot pump blood as well as it should. And the news this week, sticking to a plant-rich diet that can reduce high blood pressure called the DASH diet may also lower the risk of heart failure in people under the age of 75. The DASH diet, the dietary approach to stop high blood pressure, is high in fruits, vegetables, and whole grains, as well as beans, seeds, nuts, low-fat or fat-free diary, poultry, fish, and vegetable oil. It's like the Mediterranean diet, but without alcohol and with added low-fat dairy. And it really makes a difference. The heart loves it, huh, Doc? Absolutely. Good stuff. Hey, eat some walnuts, lower your blood pressure. I like the sound of that because I love walnuts. What can you tell us? Journal of the American Heart Association this week. Eating walnuts may help people at risk of cardiovascular disease lower their blood pressure if they consume them as part of a low Diet low in saturated fats. Walnuts contain a plant-based omega-3. It's called alpha-linolenic acid, which has beneficial effects on blood pressure. All right, maybe I can get another A-plus from my favorite heart doctor (laughs) here. I'm just going to say one word, and then you explain what the news is on benzodiazepines. A-plus. These are tranquilizers. Taking anti-anxiety drugs or tranquilizers like Valium and Xanax may increase the risk of miscarriage in the first trimester by 11%. This is out of the Journal of the American Medical Association Psychiatry Edition this week. But all of the benzodiazepine class of drugs have this increased risk of miscarriage. Besides Valium and Xanax, this class of drugs includes Ativan and Clonopin. Stay away from them if you're pregnant. Benzodiazepines. That's it, isn't it? Absolutely. Psych- better right. is psychotherapy, good sleep habits, meditation, cognitive behavior therapy, you can see the worry from a different perspective and add relaxation Boy, techniques. This is great research on the house call, as always, Doc. Let's continue right now. You want to live longer? Walk and walk faster is the word from the latest research, right? Mayo Clinic proceedings this week. The speed a person walks, bud, may help them live longer. People with body weight ranges that span from underweight to obese have a longer life expectancy if they walk more briskly compared to those in the same weight category who do not. Brisk walking may add years to your life, and slower walking people have shorter lifespans. Now, a lot of folks, as they get a little older or they have folks who are aging, worry about dementia. There are some recommendations on how to cut your chances of succumbing to this mental decline 
from the World Health Organization. What are they saying, Doc? But the World Health Organization has released new guidelines recommending specific actions to reduce the risk for cognitive decline in dementia. The recommendations call for people to exercise regularly and eat healthy, as well as maintain healthy blood pressure, blood sugar, and cholesterol numbers. They also include drinking alcohol at moderate levels and cutting smoking altogether. It's all about lifestyle, isn't it? It sure is. And Doc, you know, I really try to eat right and and you counsel me in that area as my heart doctor sometimes though i kind of cave in and i get into the occasional pig out and i suspect i'm not alone here this morning in saying that but a little bit of encouraging news the body can handle it right if you normally have a healthy diet and get plenty of physical activity, you can relax and enjoy the feast. A new study published this week in the American Journal of Physiology, Endocrinology, and Metabolism found that the body adapts and quickly bounces back from occasionally overeating. One warning, short-term overeating does increase visceral fat slightly. That's the fat that surrounds the body's organs and is considered unhealthier. So if you're overeating once or twice a year you're likely to be just fine but if you're but if it's a few times a week that's a problem oh boy okay um message received statins we're all familiar with them and the job they do and you've had me on them for years crestor has really cut my cholesterol count dramatically and been great for my heart health but there are other benefits being reported with statin use. Exactly. New research published this week in the medical journal Cancer Medicine shows that statin drugs may be a new weapon in the fight against cancer. People who use statins before receiving colorectal cancer diagnosis have an 18% lower risk of dying from cancer. Those who take statins before the diagnosis also have a 15% reduced risk of dying from any other cause. Doc, before you go, new research on which is most damaging to the body as we age, anger or sadness? I'm interested in your findings. A new study published this week, bud, in the journal Psychology and Aging reveals it's anger and not sadness that may damage the aging body more. Anger can increase inflammation, which is linked with conditions such as heart disease, cancer, and arthritis. Anger can lead to the development of chronic illness, whereas sadness does not. How about that? Great research on the house call, Doc. I'm already excited about you coming back on the 50,000-watt front porch one week from today at 840 next Thursday. And thank you so much. Be well, bud. All right. Good deal. He's heading for Lake Cardiology where he'll be saving lives and the best in heart care and heart care technology. His amazing, um, groundbreaking BudScan 2.0 heart scan. He named it my honor because it saved my life. Sees inside your heart with unprecedented detail. Uh, this is where you go to get the very best in heart care. Schedule an appointment by calling 352-735-1400 and tell them I sent you. 352-735-1400. Catch Doc every Sunday afternoon at 2 right here on WFLA with his nationally syndicated show, Good Day Health with Dr. Ken. We started the show looking into what we know about President Trump's big speech on his new immigration plan, and we'll wrap it up by summarizing it for you as time permits right after a final check on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. Final check of headlines right now. President Trump at 2.30 today at the White House will unveil his immigration reform plan. 
From what we know of the president's plan, it would reportedly move the U.S. from a family-based immigration system, this is legal immigration, to a merit-based system based on skills and employment opportunities. It's expected also to include a call for more border security. Updates at least every 10 minutes in our top stories on Good Morning Orlando. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando with Bud Henninger, Alan Spector, Michael Yaffe, and Melissa Fox on News Radio 93.1 WFLA. Looks like behind the scenes, um, Trump's son-in-law, Jared Kushner, was the main gun on fashioning this uh, latest immigration reform plan that has no chance of passing, I believe, in the Democrat-controlled House. It doesn't give them what the Democrats want, a path to citizenship for the 11 to 22 million uh, people who are here illegally. Trump's not going to go for that, and neither are we. Uh, and it doesn't deal with the DACA kids, et cetera, here. Um, so I don't necessarily think it's going anywhere, but that doesn't minimize how serious the problem is on the border. And boy, did it really come home. And Orlando got a mention in the process when Jay Johnson, who has called this a crisis, even though he was Obama's Homeland Security Secretary was on Fox Special Report with Brett Baer last night and talked about what's happening at the border with the massive unchecked flow of illegals into this country. We had 100,000 apprehensions or encounters in the month of March and another 100,000 in the month of April. That is the equivalent of the population of the city of Orlando, Florida, showing up on our southern border in the course of two months. That creates uh, a crisis. Yeah, it sure does. One that I don't think is going to be solved because I don't think you're ever going to get the two parties together. you got the anti-Trumpers and the Democrats. They're never going to give Trump what he wants in this regard. I'm sure you'll be following the speech that's at 2.30 today, Yaffe, for the drive home. Folks need to join you. Yeah, we'll definitely play cuts from the speech and recap everything he said. On PM Orlando from 5 to 6. And Melissa, you're in prime time. What you talking about on Connections? We've got an autism and uh, autism and special needs event going on Saturday, Lake County. 9 o'clock tonight, Connection Show. Fantastic. There you go. Thank you for a great show. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow morning. Thank you. God bless you. And God bless America.